Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more.
Hi, friends. Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. Um, this week, we've got episode number 55 coming your way, and we're joined again by um, our wonderful friend and guest and co-host, Jonathan, um, who is at um, a Twitter handle that I frequently get wrong, <laughs> but it's actually it's actually Ro Jimmy, yep. or Jimmy Ro. Or if you just type in both into the tweet, it'll get you. <laughs> it's actually row R O W J. It's only f- yep. four letters. That's four, right? Yeah, that's right. That sounds right. right. <laughs> What's up, Jonathan? Just, just row J. Hi, Jonathan. How's it going, guys? Awesome, man. At least you're kind enough to let us make that joke. And RJ, how are you doing? RJ? I'm good, man. I'm great. Good. Good. I'm, um, I'm really energized by this pick that Jonathan made. It was really, really, just really great. Um, so yeah. thank you, Jonathan. I'm looking forward to discussing. Psyched about it. I really like the show a lot. Yeah, and uh, to the listeners, I guess, um, Jonathan's got an awesome blog. You want to call it a blog, Jonathan? Uh, where you talk sure. about records. Yeah, and like, I think your 2014 breakdown of like just you know new releases from that last year is really on point, and I liked all of them that you suggested. So oh, cool. I guess you'd go there. Um, I think you're smart and um, and you're nice. <laughs> awesome. Are you asking so, me out or? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now that you're a part of the, you know, that you're like a part of the the, the show. You know, you gotta you gotta join the club. <laughs> so um, of just being really nice to each other. Um, anyway, uh, okay, I guess I can be nice. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, cool. Brevs. So, anyway, let's talk a little bit. Well, we'll get to the show in a few minutes, I guess. But first. Um, RJ, what do you think of the new Dead 50 shows, not releases, but the the um, dates that were just released of upcoming summer shows following Soldier's Field out there in the, in the West Coast? Soldier Field, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, think? I guess, like, so I was, I was in, like, I was, I was off the internet a lot this week, but, um, you know, I, I just don't understand. It seemed like more music is awesome, and it seemed like people were there were like people apparently who were like sad or something about them playing more shows. And I'm like, what? Yeah. On what planet is this like a bad thing? You know, it just. Yeah. I, I, it, it, I, I guess if you were one of these people who went through a ton of bullshit to try to get tickets and logistics, I could understand like having like a little bit of, you know, sadness. But um, I I don't understand why you would be sad about not about being about what whatever more music more maybe if you're yeah, yeah maybe right? if you're like a gray-haired gray-haired head from you know Marin County or whatever and you like did everything you could to get Chicago tickets and all that and then all of a sudden you realize so maybe that's legitimate but not completely right Jonathan uh, it seems like um, you know a, a week ago there were not enough shows they're not playing enough shows and now they're playing, I mean, yes, it's only two, but they're playing a couple more shows, playing California, um, and now it's a money grab. I don't, but most, not, I don't think everybody <laughs> feels that way, but there are definitely no, really. some detractors and whatever. You yeah, it's, that everywhere. it's just crazy, man. You know, like, it, imagine, like, if we were, like, this week, Fish announced, like, all right, well, we thought our summer tour wasn't long enough, so we're going to add six more shows. So we'd be like, oh, man, more more shows? That sucks. Not again. Oh, but I put all my money into Merriweather. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I guess they're not going to do another Tweezer Fest if they're playing more, you know. I don't know. It also, so, like, they're going to be better, right? And it's going to be, they're going to be higher quality shows right. the more shows they play. I mean. I've, two warm-up shows before Chicago sounds good to me because I'll be in Chicago. So. Sweet. That's amazing. So they're so, before. Are they before yeah, or ahead. after Chicago? It's before. Before. It's like week right. before. Week before. Okay. 
Cool. Um, uh, but there was no there was no like um, webcast announcement that I saw. Is that right? Or That's was true. Not yet. Because hmm. I I heard you know maybe someone uh, maybe from Twitter that I saw that um, you know they predicted the the shows from California coming out on Friday or Thursday whenever they came out. But also they were predicting that like a webcast would be announced, but I didn't think it was. But hopefully there will be, right? I think that's pretty likely. Um, <clears throat> it, it might wait. I mean, they have plenty of time to deal with webcasts. And the Dead just announced their uh, meetup at the movies that's in May. Yes, and, got um, my tickets. Yes. So that'll be pretty fun. And Yeah, an 89 show from Alpine Valley. Yeah, it's so the third night. Right, last, last, last show ever from Alpine, which is cool. So, nice. That'll be fun. Cool. And so you guys, um, are you guys all set for summer tour? Yeah. I got some tickets. Jonathan, you got your MPP tickets? I got tapers from Meriwether. Oh, no shit. Sweet. Nice. I've, I've been taping on and off, mostly off, for 21 years. I've been seeing fish for 21 years, and I've never done the same, both on the same night. So, awesome. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. So this is going to be your first fish show that you've taped? Yeah, well, I'm gonna come, Kat, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna try. Come harass the shit out of you while you're taping. <laughs> just yelling. I'm just his gonna mic. be. I'm just gonna be knocking over your microphone and just <laughs> generally carrying on. <laughs> Good idea, beer is right? too full. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all my beers at fish shows seem to be too full. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's complicated. Um, <laughs> so, well, so guys, so I don't know. Let's let's talk about this show a little bit. I mean, Jonathan, you. Um, you suggested this, and I just before you kind of give your description of why you chose this show in this era, I just wanted to, upon reflection, listening to this again, I'd say the three of us are probably pretty like well versed in what I would call like older fish, you know. Um, but I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast and who are fish fans generally don't go before ninety four, ninety three, sometimes, um, and I think it's just. They're so the, for this year the the jams are developed, the music's developed, the songwriting's developed, but it's also like a really it's a it really gives a lot of context I think to some of the later stuff. So I just wanted to put in a plug for doing more shows like this or listening to more like this. But Jonathan, tell us about why you why you chose this one and and what it what it kind of brought to mind for you. Well, this is the show we're doing is um, Ian McLean's party. It's a uh, five twenty eight eighty nine. And uh, Hebrew, New York, and it's. Um, I had the second set of this show for years. It's one of the early tapes that I had, um, and I listened the crap out of this show. And it, me and my buddies, and we listened to it over and over, constantly. Just the second set is all we had at the time uh, for years until the later '90s. And <laughs> I don't know. It's like um, Dark Side of the Moon. Or Vanita eight twenty seven seventy two kind of things. I know every note. Mm-hmm. That second set, you know, or it's like um, Star Wars or Raiders of Lost Ark. You know, I, I know every bit banter, and this has the best banter of any show you'll ever listen to. Just as bonus, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it, so it's that kind of show for me. And I think the uh, the playing holds up, even though it's one I've been listening to from the beginning. Listening to lots of other fish since then i it, it just it holds up it's everything it's every bit as strong as it needs to be and uh it's great oh. nice that's yeah, it was really exciting it's a great intro yeah brad what's your what yeah. was your big takeaway like just revisiting this um 
you know, I think I think a lot of people will. Um, so there's familiarity, right? There's a lot of familiarity with songs. You know, maybe it's missing like a golden age or a sand or a light, but you you know, I don't think it's missing it because this the, all the songs that they play, you know. I mean, there maybe is a little curveball in the second set, um, which will be <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, <clears throat> which will be next week. But otherwise, I mean, you know, everything is like familiar. But the tone is is for being what twenty six years old. The tone is like fresh and it's nice and it's crisp, um, and it just you know, I think I said this to you guys. It, it makes me feel young, um, but yet there's like a there's like a sense of security. You know, there's like a it's like um, um, I you know I don't know. It just made me it, it it takes me back, but it also makes me feel really like nice and you know secure just listening to it. It's like a, a safety blanket or something the uh the warm uh, electric piano yeah and then page is uh, you know that page doing he's really honing in on his uh, guitar p- or organ piano thing at the same time mm-hmm. and then trey's tone is just overdriven a lot of the time mm-hmm. but just just to perfection it's it's really yeah. good mike is a little thin on some of this tape but yeah he is yeah. he's really killing it and but you know, Trey was even like you know he yells at Paul like a few times, um, and, and maybe just his own monitors. But like he's still like each song, he's like paying attention to his sound and his tone and everything. And I mean, he, you know, one of the things that um, really gets me is like his, and I've said it before, he, he's just like hyperactive. You know, like I can just imagine him writing these tunes because they're crazy and they're like full of notes and changes and awesome everything. You know. Um, and then he gets excited when he plays them again, which is which is great, which is why we love him. I think. Yeah, you mentioned Paul. Um, he, this this is like, like a month, a little more than a month after uh, Corota joined, and so Paul's there, Corota's there, Marley's running around. You hear shout outs to Marley. Yeah. And uh, so and this is the the team is all together, and they're really right. just uh, you can tell they they got a lot of the ingredients. The songs are there. I mean, people would kill for the set list of this first set right now yeah yeah it would kill it's funny <laughs> you guys both said like the same thing that i re- that i wrote down it's funny because we don't have shared notes but um we're like all exactly on the same page because mm. one of the things i wrote down brad was ex- almost exactly what you just said about being just so um developed for like a 26 year old particularly trey you know right. that was my biggest takeaway from this this show is like his playing is basically basically perfect you know and I don't think he's like the best guitarist of all time, but if you think about him at this point when he's 26 and he's playing like this and all the songs he's already written and developed, like you got to consider him like one of the best musicians of our generation, yeah. right? of his generation or ours or whatever, like already. And this was still 25 years ago. And this fucking is hungry Trey too. Yeah. This is like, right. he's, he's grabbing at every note and he's hitting stuff that he was hitting consistently for the next 10 years or whatnot. There's like extra grace notes here and there. There's a little bit, there's little differences here and there on some of the things. Right. But it, it, it hangs together beautifully, I think. But the differences to me too, and this isn't like um, a criticism of Paige, but like the differences to me were Paige, just because he doesn't have the, you know, the plethora of, of boards that he has in front of him now. Um, and that you could hear those, you know, like intros and outros or whatever to like <clears throat> his sections. But for Trey, like 
I mean, he's kind of the same. Like, I, he's got probably a, a, a few more pedals and a bigger board, and um, obviously he's, he's got different equipment. But generally, he's he sounds a lot the same as he sounds now, and it's it's just wonderful to hear. Um, and I guess I like your I like your word hungry better than hyperactive. Like he's like, you know what I mean? Like it's you can just tell he's there and he wants it, and he's he's going after every song. There's he's not mailing anything in. No, not at all. Nice. That's awesome. And Jonathan, what's the, what's your, um, we, it's funny because we texted about the show that we were actually listening to yesterday. And then I texted Brad and we were all like, oh yeah, we, I forgot that I was, I should have clarified because there were, there were a couple Ian's, yeah. Ian's house, Ian's farm. Um, how does this fit in um, historically? Well, as obviously I wasn't there, let's be clear. But, um, <laughs> As I have, you know, kind of sussed it out, this this actually the show's kind of circulated, uh, mislabeled a few times. Um, you know, there's references to Christmas and New Year's. Some, some people got that a little wrong. Um, but there's also, um, there's another Ian's Farm show from around that time in 87, I think it 87, is. 87, yeah, yeah. And, um... Just in poking around, I think I got some impression at one point that it's, it was maybe an annual, you know, like maybe it's Labor Day party that he he threw, and he booked him uh, those years. And um, so we're lucky enough to have this tape. Now, also, I'd like to point out that this is about four hours of music, so somebody's making a lot of cassette flips to get this whole thing. And uh, whoever that was, I, I really want to thank them. Hey. Hello. That's it. Hey, Emmett. Oh, I can't see. It's RJ. That's Brad. Okay. Hi, Emmett. <laughs> everyone, everyone who has kids basically has to have them on this program at least once. <laughs> Please. Um, you know, well, we didn't ask you, RJ, what shows you're going to this summer. Mm, that's true. I um, want to cut that in. I mean, I'm just I'm going to hang out with you at Merriweather and harass you while you tape. And, okay. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to Magna Ball as well with Rachel and I are going, which is pretty exciting. That'd be great, and um, we'll see what see how that works. <laughs> but we're definitely going. I'm not. I'm see how that goes. I'm like a little, you know, fest. We always go to Festy, you know, in down near Charlottesville, where that the String Dusters put on. But besides that, like, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little out of my festival age, you know. So I'm just not sure what it's going to be like. But I know we're going to see a lot of awesome music. So a little long in the tooth, bro. One thing I meant to mention that I tried to mention and then I forgot and then Brad reminded me is that our friend Matt Burnham is doing this Fish Hall of Fame kind of survey and we're going to post a link to it on our on the description for this week um, but I encourage people to to check it out and and enter something so that we can have a bigger you know representation of what people think is the best of the best of fish um, that that was that came on the heels of like a big Twitter discussion about the tahoe tweezer this week that we had which was super fun and always fun to revisit these moments that are like i don't know the way i was thinking about that was like things that are important are often like the ones that it's kind of hard to argue that it was a great song or a great moment or a great jam regardless of whether you were there or whether you liked other things better but they're like those certain pieces where it's just like everyone's just like yeah it was awesome it was it's like it belongs on the list you know and then there's millions of others that are like debatable or are debated daily <laughs> among people, right? 
I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that's the way I was thinking about it. Yeah, you uh, really yeah. got you got the ball rolling on that like tweet you had about like if you were there and you experienced it personally, then it's probably really great to you. But you yeah. can also you can also really love something that you weren't um, a part of live, um, just via tape. And I think the Tahoe Tweezer thing is, as to your point, RJ, it's something you can. It doesn't matter if you heard it, you know, just yesterday. It's really a wonderful piece of music that will. Yeah, what's your take, Jonathan? <laughs> well, on Tahu Tweezer or on uh, jams in general, as far as the popularity. I think uh, the I guess the latter because you can't really argue with the other part. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, I I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, everybody's gonna everybody comes in with a different background, a different set of opinions and a different reasoning behind those opinions and it's totally valid and uh, you know, yeah, you can say well, you can't argue the Tahoe Tweezer, tweezer but that doesn't mean you have to like it um, and that goes with everything except for the Providence Bowie, which you must like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, cool, well that's great. This is, this is fun and thanks again um, Jonathan for, for recommending this and I think what we're going to do, I think, is do the first set this week and then the second set, or sorry, second and third sets, which the third set is kind of like a mini set, the following. So two two episodes this week and next. Um, so Hold let's, on, let's, let's talk about some other things that you just can't, you can't argue about. Okay. Tao, Tweezer, what, what else do you think? Went Jin? Yeah. Fleaser. Fleaser. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Pro- Providence Bowie, definitely, yeah. obviously. Um 1117 first set. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Um, (laughs) Nassau Tweezer from 03 is phenomenal. Well, let's ask these are these these brilliant people who actually listen to us. Tell us, tweet at us, and tell us what you what what you would enter, and also then take Matt's survey too, which is more comprehensive. But what like (laughs) tweet us what would be the one or two things you would not want to be left off the list that we left off. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into set one now, um, and we'll talk about it after you listen to it. Um, and I guess we should say that if anyone is looking for tickets to all these shows, you should check out Cash or Trade. They've been a good partner with us, and they um, are generally create um, resource for the community. So um, everyone should check that out and follow. Um, if you don't already follow Jonathan on Twitter at RoJ and. Fred and I can be found at HF Pod, and we—if you can come and harass us and talk to us about fish—we'd be super happy about that. Yes, please, definitely. <laughs> um, cool. All right, let's get into the music, and we'll see you guys so, back here after the first. Let me set. let me intro it specifically, RJ. It's five twenty-eight eighty-nine. It's mm-hmm. Ian McLean's party from Connie Condon's farm. What the fuck? Right? Yeah. In Hebron, Hebron, New York. Let's do it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> First one has a little introduction, it goes sort of like this. Okay, okay. Dedicated to the spirit of the pig, this next song, we thank the pig for giving his life. Dedicated to the spirit of the pig, this next song, of course, is called... Ladies and gentlemen, 
pig head.
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
my guitar going in the monitors at all? You sure? of sweat that glistened on his brow. His tired feet were buried in the quagmire. And his bloodshot eyes saw all that lay between him and fulfillment of his vow. And he felt his fingers wrap around knotted root and pull his body upwards sea green mossy boulder and he dragged his weary shit ass up the Sacred Creed will be yours to devour. 
bowed in reverence, trembling in the shadow of the mighty legends for Inculus, the prophet, stood before his eyes, looking down on Colonel Forbin, where he shuddered in the puddles and the muck. And he quietly addressed him.
How about a little We Love Page there? This is getting all the attention. We Love Pig.
free A dried up Goliath and a weasel named Fee Far away in another place A fading beauty named Millie Grace A gospel singer with pox on her face And a bamboo cane to help her keep the pace Maturity. Someday he knew it would set him free Like it did for Floyd, the chimpanzee Try to live a life that's completely free. The rest 
It was late one fall night at a fairground near town when Esther first saw the Armenian man. He grappled toward her and stood by her side with a bucket that swung in his hand. His grin stretched the folds of his pasty white cheeks, and his lips hurled a dollop of murk on the curb. And the lights from the ride showed a mischievous sparkle that flashed in his hollow-eyed stare. He said, little girl, you can chop off my legs and peel off my socks if you want to. But I'd rather you took this old puppet from me that I hold in my pail as we speak. And he stood looking down at the innocent girl. And she stared at the bucket bewildered till he lifted the doll for the young girl to see. And a giant smile grew on his face. She saw the doll's eyes and she couldn't resist. And she thanked the man quickly and ran to the church. And she burst through the doorway with puppet held high. And a hush filled the chapel and the people looked
Paul, can you put a little uh, drums in the monitor, hi hat? I mean, that would help. I was just following you. We'd like to help you out there. We'd like to play a song now. Feedback? Low end?
We'd like break. to take a short break so that we can poop, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with some breakdancing. All right, welcome back. That was the first set from May 28th, 1989, um, and it's Ian's house, right? Jonathan's what we're calling it. You guys can <laughs> take it or leave it. It's Ian's house. Set one started with uh, opened with Divided Sky. Then it was Antelope and Colonel Forbin's into Fly, famous Mockingbird. Then we heard Fee into Slave to the Traffic Light, Esther, Susie Greenberg, and the set closed out with a really great You Enjoy Myself. Um, so I think, Jonathan, you, you mentioned it uh, on the other side, but this first set, I mean, this is chock full of second set jams, even closers, um, you know, from 3.0. So... Um, you know, just your overall take, and even if you want to talk about the Divided Sky and Antelope Opener. You know, th so this is not the set that we had for the first five years I had this show, and when I got this set, it was a re infinite revelation upon something that was already great. Nice. Um, and I didn't get the third set until the digital days, so. But, um, Wait, so you only had set two, and that was it? Just For the longest time, I only had set two. And then I wow. got the first set here in... Uh, you know, the mid-90s, later mid-90s. Nice. And when I first heard it, it just took it that much higher. <laughs> if you look at all of these songs people would like, would like to see at a show, and if you put them all in one set. Yeah. Um, and The Divided Sky is you know, dedicated to the spirit of the pig. 
So there was had to. They, I, I'm guessing they're roasting a pig at this party. It sounds like an awesome party, by the way. <laughs> it really does. And you know, it's great it, if you want to go for. I think what was it? You did the um, the divided sky from Clifford Ball a couple weeks mm, ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you know that one is the note perfect, a wash in passion divided sky. This one. It's just not no perfect, but it's so good. And it's Trey's overdriven tone, just kind of, I mentioned earlier, you know, just kind of pierces right through and the passion's mm-hmm. there. It's gorgeous. This little, um, I, I have this stupid note about it, um, but not to be hyperbolic, if this doesn't grab you and win your allegiance during the jam at the end here, you're probably dead inside. And that's the non-hyperbolic <laughs> version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally agree. Because I awesome. just said probably dead inside. Uh, <laughs> yes. Instead of and definitely. I was, I was, is, I'm going to go with that. This is a set opener, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a show opener. And it right. just kills. Kills. Right. So good. Oh, man. It's so good. And the, the antelope that follows is just, it's... It's like something out of the early '90s in in right. terms of the ferocity, you know. Wow, I can't even imagine. I mean, I guess something I kept thinking of throughout listening to this is like I can't imagine being at this party and like never having heard of this band, and just being like, I mean, can you imagine like 30 minutes into it, you'd be like, "This is the craziest shit I've ever seen," you know? Yeah, right. It, it's especially with originals, not like throwing out the covers right away, you know. And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, Brad. No, I was just going to mention that there's no surprisingly, it's a little bit uh, 3.0-ish in that the first set's got not a single cover, right? So Right. Um, that's exciting. And Trey had to have been just shredding on stage. This antelope mm-hmm. is kind of a ripper. And uh, he gets into these weird like dissonant runs for a bit there. There's mm-hmm. a few minutes in, but it doesn't last. Page is just crushing. He's got both hands going on different machines. I don't know if he had them on top or side to side. I I can't picture him not playing in two directions, though. and uh, right. and it's just and he, he asks you been to ha- been you to have any spliff on that one, and there's just cranking up the gears. I I can't imagine Trey's guitar face that night. It's just <laughs> <laughs> just super excited about the whole situation. Yeah, just hose, hosing everybody, trying to every single song. Nice, um, but you know. It was, you know, as, as on the flip side of it, I guess the con part of the column, or you know, on the column side, um, is uh, it was a short antelope, right? And and most of these songs, other than YEM, I guess, in the first set are, you know, uh, a good deal shorter than we're used to them now. But it, I don't think it, you don't miss anything. I don't think they're, they're not that much shorter than some three O versions. Yes, good point. Right, <laughs> you, you brought up three O a couple times. Yeah, you That's said actually, you, a, a note about that commonality. So. You walked that. You walked straight into that one, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And That's what I like to do. Um, I don't really look ahead. I just kind of look at my feet when I walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what about this? You know, the Forbin's Mockingbird is. Um, I don't know. It's just a wonderful thing, and there's a there's a there one wonderful uh, live fish release from 95 where there's a Forbin's Mockingbird in the first set um, and this one um, it, it kind of reminded me of that but it, it also like kind of takes you back to the beginning of it all even though it's 89 and right we're years into it but um, it, it kind of 
for me, it gives me a peek into into Trey when he's you know twenty six or whatever, um, and he's still really into these songs. Uh, you know, maybe he's not as much anymore, but maybe that's just me being pessimistic. I don't know. Well, you know, he doesn't do the narration when he even, although it's very rare that they do this at all. He doesn't do the narration in three O. There's no narration really in this one. Yep. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's strong, you know, the heavy riffs are heavy and, you know, it's ever ragged but right on the Mockingbird. So, yeah, he misses a, a couple things, but he soars through a lot of it. And it's really nice. And uh, I, I got a note about good solos. I think it's it's terrific. But there's another 3-0 commonality. Yeah. It's a little yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Right. It's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, the... The highlight of this for me going back was the slave um jam. I would like I almost like fall, fell down while I was listening to it. It was like so <laughs> beautiful and powerful and short, you know, but mm-hmm. just so on point. It was like this is and unbelievable. It, there's some odd stuff in there that's just not certainly nothing like what you hear today. No, not at all, but like so much more fierce, you know, which is just so cool to to see. Um, did you guys have the same reaction to the slave or am I just overly emotional? I mean, that's, that's definitely true, but is that the only reason? No, maybe I'm overly emotional too. Mm. Brad, well, you, don't, you don't have any feelings. What, what was your thought yeah. about slave? No, I mean, you know me, you know me and slave and hood together, you know what I mean? It's like, I would just cry myself to sleep. I like pages sound, but I also enjoy it more today than I do back then. Um, I like I like the electric piano, I like the organ, which he seems to be uh, really catching his his stride on um, back in '89. But I'd much rather hear a slave today with the the baby grand and um, all all the other toys he has. I don't think anybody wants to fight you on that point. No, okay, no. <laughs> that's totally fair. Um, good. And then Jonathan, so what what happens? So the rest of this set is like pretty good and again like very high energy and and just super well played. But what what happens like during this? You enjoy myself? Oh, mm-hmm. oh God! Well, let's, yeah, we'll give full credit to um, that it, n- nice V, uh, lovely little Esther. Trey just takes us right through a beautiful little story, and Susie rocks. And then Yem has this. Oh my God! Um, this is a Dirksen reviewed. Y.E.M. and I highly recommend everybody dig into the Fishnet review archive and find his review of this. But um, you know, so I'll give you my capsule review. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I highly recommend everybody seek his out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll post a link to it for sure. It's a great start-stop in the Nirvana section of this Y.E.M. That's it's, it's brief. They do it just a couple of do 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 do. And it's really fucking cool. And then, um, you know, they just kind of rock the whole jam. And then the vocal jam gets uh, really word <laughs> scatological. Is it scatological? Keyword poop. Um, <laughs> and I, it's just mad. It's mad. The whole thing is just, you know, it's great. Great word choice, Jonathan. About really fifteen good. minutes long, the whole yam, and it's terrific. It's terrific. Mm-hmm. And then they call for the driver for the beer run. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's a, I mean, so awesome. What a great for, way to end the set. For as great as they sound and as like complicated as they sound to me, 
uh, you know, maybe complicated is not the word, but just developed of these songs. And then, um, you know, at the end, they're just like having fun. Like, do we need more beer? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just a great, I love, uh, I love that dichotomy, I guess. And there's um, somewhere in there also, while they're calling for somebody, a driver for the beer run, Trey's calling Marley up to the stage. Yeah, (laughs) so cool. Yeah, it's, it's very... I remember hearing a story about Marley at Coventry. I think they were, it was the same story two or three times. Yeah. Writing writing songs in the cabin. But sorry, I shouldn't even have mentioned that word on this podcast ever again. Yeah, why, why would you ever talk about cats? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks. Um, cool. And so, Jonathan, you're, you, this, came, this set came to you after the others. Yeah. Um, what do you think? How did and you? You said you've listened to this a bunch, and it's one of your one of your go tos. What's your sort of big takeaway on this set? You know, it gives you an early look at all of, and not all, but many of the classics throughout the whole show. You get a, a look at the early blockbusters, and this set. I mean, it's Vita Sky, Antelope, Forbin Mockingbird, Slave, and uh, the tragic cut in my version of the Slave, and the. Esther and had crazy YM. This is like next to the Junta version, it could be a prototypical YM. It's got all the stuff. It's killer. If you listen to nothing else, listen to this whole set. That's, I, I, that's it. I agree. <clears throat> nothing more to say. I can't um, rave about it. <laughs> well, I don't know, but why does Esther have to die? I'm good. She has to die. She died. Know, She's man. dead. She just drowned. And oh. It made me sad. A lot of the. A lot of the early songs that had people dying i mean someone yeah. someone dies at the end of esther at the end of fee maybe mm-hmm. those might be the only two but it's that's built still on two. the classic uh folk appalachian and irish mm. tradition of murder ballads Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, trey who's just writing mean. murder ballads in his little cabin um yeah that's amazing um all right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, we're going to um, leave you with the idea of murder ballads and um, <laughs> hope that you enjoyed this first set. And next week, we will bring you sets two and three from 52889, Ian's house that he was apparently sharing, co- co- <laughs> co-sleeping <laughs> with <laughs> Connie Condon. Poor Connie. Um, she's a, yeah, she was a polygamist. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess we'll just throw that out there. Um well, Jonathan, Jonathan looks very comfortable. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for guest hosting, and we're next week you'll be back with for sets two and three, of course. Um, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's been awesome. Um, cool, and follow us on Twitter at um, HFPod, and now we have HFPod.com, which is like yeah, cool because we, we don't have to worry about saying Blogspot anymore, which is yeah. way too long, you know? So. You can visit us on the internet at hfpod.com. All right, guys, we will um, talk soon. Hi, this is Henry Kay 
host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.